The Golden Gate Bridge is one of the most internationally recognized landmarks of all time, spanning over a mile and a half lengthwise and 746 feet high. It's as majestic as it is gigantic, making it a very popular site for tourists the world over. On a darker note, the bridge is also a magnet for suicide jumpers. In 2004, a filmmaker shot 10,000 hours of footage and managed to capture 23 people who jumped to their deaths. The result is a fascinating and morbid documentary that's hard to watch, yet just as hard to look away from. That's this week on Death in Entertainment. Live from Los Angeles. 911, what is your emergency? Here in Hollywood now. Two counts of murder, injury, and death. Oh my God! Shocking new details that has stunned the entertainment world. Um, this makes me a little nervous. The hair stood up on my arms. Just like in the movies. <gasps> what do you call this thing anyway? Death in entertainment. And hello, Dedo. Oh, here we are. We're back again. Arr. Good to see you. Cannot escape ya. us. Yeah. And uh, we, we will not escape you. Yes. We're here for you. The feeling's mutual. <laughs> <laughs> We're both uh, addicted to each other. Yes. What is going on, everybody? My name's Kyle Plouffe. My name is Mark Mulcairn. And I'm Alejandro Dowling. And this week, we are delving into the story of the ominous Golden State Bridge. Delving is a good word here. Delving. Diving. Yeah. Diving. Oh, boy, I hope not. <laughs> We're going to do the belly flop into this episode. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> the mysterious beauty yes. of the Golden Gate Bridge. Of the, course. The most murderous freestanding structure in yeah. America. Yeah. <laughs> if it were a serial killer, it'd be Gacy. Yeah. <laughs> Got a lot of bodies on it, this yeah. bridge, this piece of architecture. Oof. And off it. Yeah. And off it. Yeah. And we're off to <laughs> before we go off. Okay. Oh, hold the phones. I think arguably this is something we may need every episode from now on, but this one especially. Okay. A little disclaimer. Yes. Serious topic here. Yeah. And there'll be some jokes. Yes. Where appropriate and probably inappropriate, but hey, that's why you listen to us. Yes. But we and will be respectful and, you know. That's all I got. This is not the first episode. We should have done this disclaimer. <laughs> but like, but uh, it's a good point to be made at the yes. beginning, at the top. There will be talks of suicide throughout this. So if that's not your thing, then you can skip this one. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of bridges, a lot of falling off or jumping off. Yes. And uh, if that affects you in any negative way, tune out now. Yes. But come back next week. <laughs> yeah. Come back next week. And then this week, we'll go to... 2004. Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness, the year of 2004. What was going on in the world of pop culture? And we're going to be looking at the entire year 2004 because the filmmaker responsible for the documentary we'll be talking about today shot the bridge for an entire year. Oh, wow. So... From January 04 to December 04. That's wow. a big project. That's a lot of film, I yes. can imagine. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to cover what was going on. Why then. not? Why not? Yeah. Mark. Ah, yeah. Well, let's. Uh, I will delve into the top TV shows around this time, uh -huh. around 2004. 
if anyone can remember this, uh, CSI and American Idol are hot on television. Big right ones. Now. Massive. Yeah. Friends finally comes to an end after 10 fucking years. And a lot of money made by a lot of people on that show still to this day. Mm. And a lot of drug money for Matthew Perry, let's be honest. $20 million a year for every main character in Friends. Oh, my God. Matthew Perry was able to buy a pharmacy. The finale was the fourth most watched uh, show in history with 52.2 million viewers. That's more than Cheers, I think. Or is it? Wow. That, I think, is less than Cheers. Less than Cheers. That okay. was probably the second only to MASH. Maybe like uh, Seinfeld, Cheers, MASH, and Friends? No, I think it's actually MASH, Seinfeld, Cheers, Friends. Okay. Wow. Well, you notice uh, as the years go on, more and more, uh, you know, uh, options on television become like when MASH was, was on there's only three TV channels basically right yeah. <laughs> and so, everybody was talking about and watching the Friends finale yeah except for me yeah I oh, didn't really? care was there a wow. wedding at the end I feel like I think so yeah it was very back obvious. to Alejandro's hot corner over here yeah. I didn't care <laughs> scorching for the Friends finale <laughs> did you watch it no well they, see and by <laughs> local podcaster Alejandro yeah yeah 20 years in the making yeah <laughs> Uh, top movies at this time. Number three, The Passion of the Christ. Thank God. Still haven't seen it. Jesus Christ. I yeah. saw that Literally. in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that at a matinee with a church group. Oh, Don't wow. ask. It was not my church group. Wow. I feel you like just snuck in? I was hung over and I got dragged to it. I, when you said hung, I'm like, whoa, where are we going here? Yeah, and then he got dragged like Christ by the Romans. They practically had to nail me to the seat. Hello! Oh, come on, crucifixion. Come on. Number two at this time, Sam Raimi uh, going hard with the uh, you know blockbuster movies at this time. Spider-Man 2. Oh, okay. I, I believe that was the sequel to Spider Man. Yes, I would. I would think so. Yeah, Tobey Maguire, right? Yeah, Tobey Maguire, right? Yeah, of course. I don't. I hate all those. <laughs> I watched the first Spider Man. I'm like, that's not worth any of this hype. Yeah, this one though, people thought was better than the first. A lot of people at the time considered this to be the best comic book movie ever made. Yeah, is that with Willem Dafoe and Jim Franco? No, this uh, one is with uh, Alfred Molina. Oh, yes. Molina! That's yeah. where he's got all the claws and uh-huh. stuff. Yeah, Doc Ock. Doc Same Doc. character from Boogie Nights. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's shooting everyone. Yeah, uh, number one at this time. Another sequel, Shrek Two. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that edged out Spider-Man 2 for the most money making. Wow. I really until this moment right now I did not know they made a uh, sequel to Shrek. Oh, there's like four Shut of them now. Up. Oh, I I really didn't. Yeah. He was chastising me about the Friends finale. <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't notice the 10 Shrek yeah. sequels. <laughs> they just blew right past me. Yeah. <laughs> uh well, let's talk about the songs right now. Let's Top songs uh in 2004. Number 3 if it ain't got you by Alicia Keys. If I mm. ain't got you. Oh, if I ain't got you. I ain't heard that one. Oh, it's yeah. a beautiful song. It makes me cry. I ain't trying to hear that. <laughs> Some people want it all, but I don't want nothing at all. That is actually a good song. A, yeah. bad, a bad rendition we're just hearing right now. I got like, you, baby. Is Alicia Keys in the studio right now? Yes, she is. <laughs> I just killed her. Oh, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Mark, take us to number two. <laughs> number please. two is Burned by Usher. Yep. Okay. I don't know what that song is. 
Burn. Let it burn. Oh, okay. It's not yeah. bad. <laughs> uh, not a better rendition than the Alicia Keys one. Uh, yeah. Number one is Yeah by Usher featuring Little John and Ludacris. Yeah. This one you couldn't miss. No. How about no? This one is, yeah. <laughs> what is that, the David Spade uh, response? <laughs> <laughs> How does this one go? I really don't remember. Yeah, yeah, boop, yeah. Boop, boop, boop. Just saying yeah over yeah. and over. Here's the thing. I graduated high school in 2004. Okay. Same. And <laughs> I'm very disappointed by the top three songs of that year because that year, what I remember is Modest Mouse. Sure. That yeah. should be the number one song, Float On. Yeah. And it would actually be a great song for this episode. Oof. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> if you're on the ledge, yeah. just remember, we'll all float on. All okay. right. Yeah, even as a body will just float down the river. Yeah. Okay. Right. They'll float too. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Um we'll float right into this story. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> the Golden Gate Bridge. Grand, majestic, iconic. Thoughts? Uh, I I concur. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Would you expect some uh, some bad responses? A hot take. Yeah, hot eh, take. it's ugly. I think it's great. I don't know. I don't. I've never even seen it in person. Never been up there. I have. Really? really? Yeah. Is it worth it? Is it all the hype? It's yeah. It's a bridge that's there. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's stunning. It, it is. It's beautiful. It, it took your breath away. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> it also took away the breath of a bunch of other people. Hey, let's get into that it. we're going to talk about. I, I, hey, come on. I'm trying to lighten the mood here. Hey. hey. Oh, boy. So, yes, it's a bridge, and it carries pedestrians and bikers between the city of San Francisco and Marin County, where Robin Williams lived. But it takes cars too, though, right? Of course. Yeah. Oh, okay. You said you said pedestrians oh, okay. and bikers. You, you did highlight the pedestrians and bikers. Yeah, I'm like, also what about cars? cars? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've Can seen it, Full House. Yeah. They're driving on yeah, it. Yeah, I see cars on it before. Was uh, that all green screen? Uh, yeah. <laughs> everywhere you look. Woo. Yeah. You're right. Okay, it takes cars as well. Duh. <laughs> I'm, I was and motorcycles. I'm highlighting that you can walk on it as well. That's yes. right. Yeah. And it'll take you to Marin County coming from the city. And the tunnel connecting the two is actually named the Robin Williams Tunnel now. It is? Yes. Oh, wow. From the bridge, you can see Angel Island. You can see Alcatraz. It's a beautiful orangish Art Deco design. It is also, unfortunately, a popular site for suicide jumpers. Mm-hmm. 1,600 plus have ended their lives there, and it's actually a higher number in reality because- They don't find all the bodies. Exactly. Yeah. And some people could go there at night and maybe they don't, no one knows that they, they kind of came, jumped, and left, and their bodies just never recovered. Yeah. That's a frightening thought to me. The people that jumped and nobody noticed, yeah. and their body wasn't found. Yeah. yeah. Brutal. Other suicide magnets, that's the term for these places- it's kind of a macabre, macabre yeah. term. Yeah. Other suicide magnets include the Empire State Building. I'm like, what's the word after Empire State? St. <laughs> <laughs> Peter's Basilica and the Eiffel Tower. 
And guess what? Those all have suicide barriers now. Yeah. So there's not much suicide going on at those places. So you anymore. can't like jump over the the side of it. No. Yeah. Empire State Building at the observatory, they have like a big fence that curls over, so you can't like climb up. You get to climb like oh, around, yeah. and then up. By the time that happens, you'll get like yeah, yeah. down. If if yeah. you're prepared enough to actually do that, you're not the type of person that's ending your life. Yeah. You know, that's just like training in order to jump off a building. <laughs> right. The Golden Gate Bridge is second only to the Najing Yangtze River Bridge in China, which is responsible for over 2,000 deaths. Well, they got a lot more people. So if you adjust it for population. <laughs> Mark's not impressed. It's, it's almost nothing. <laughs> it's almost not, It's a wash. Yeah, Golden Gate is like, I'm number one per yeah. capita. <laughs> and there's a lot of symbolism with the bridge. It is technically at the edge of the world. Or end of the world. Of Western civilization. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Originally, the rail was going to be five and a half feet high, but it was lowered to four feet, which is pretty short. Maybe because chief engineer Joseph Strauss was only five feet tall. Really? Wow. He was known as- short king. (laughs) (laughs) Slay king. (laughs) He was known as the little man who built the big bridge. That's a little rude. <laughs> kind of too far, actually. That's what his I was ex-girlfriend <laughs> called him. <laughs> yeah. In May 1937, the bridge was completed. At the opening ceremony, Joseph Strauss declared, Who would want to jump from the Golden Gate Bridge? What nature rent asunder, long ago man has joined today. I think he was drunk. And then one, one guy just jumped off. Except <laughs> <laughs> for that guy. <laughs> three months later, Harold Wobber did hop over the rail. Jeez. He was walking and he told the stranger next to him, this is as far as I go, and then jumped. Mm. Man. Joseph Strauss died himself a year later in 1938 due to stress. Wow. At his funeral... The bridge director gave a rather dark eulogy, saying, Joseph put so much work into this bridge, and out of its completion, he got so little. The Golden Gate Bridge, for my dear friend, turned out to be a mute monument of misery. Wow, so all the adulation uh, that came with the bridge was not worth it. Yeah. So that that shows you it's not worth any, don't work at all. If you build a bridge, why would the the first thing when you're like cutting the ribbon and breaking the champagne on the side, like, why would you be like, who wants to jump off this? You're like putting it in people's heads. <laughs> yeah. There were some <laughs> accidents during its construction. Uh, well, this, this, is, this is the type of big American projects where like 30% of the workers would die. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, there yeah. was no like, you know, OSHA or anything like that that would stop like, you know, very dangerous workplaces. So, yeah. so people would just die and they just throw them in a pit and they just, you know, get a new person and yeah, keep, keep going. Keep it going. Keep it going. Yeah. Refresh the supplies. And, yeah. I, and I'm sure Strauss, like, it's hard to sleep at night when you, you know that you're, you are responsible for this entire structure. And if anything bad happens, because like before, didn't they try to build an, another bridge there and it just totally wobbled and it just collapsed and yeah. it broke down. So. That's why this one was innovative because it's a suspension bridge with cables. Yeah. Which is also why it's stunning to look at. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've seen videos of like old timey videos of, of bridges that were just like wobbling and just kind of all just collapsed and stuff. I think that was in built. Tacoma, Washington. Is that where that yeah, was? Like yeah, cables are snapping and then it's like it woof, looks. Woof, woof, woof. Yeah, it looks like a cartoon or yeah. something. It's crazy. Imagine driving on that when that's happening. Yeah. Oh hell no. Yeah. Oh hell no. <laughs> that would be out of pocket of me. Yeah. Or imagine if you were one of the jumpers and then it collapses while you're trying to jump. Yeah. You just land on it. <laughs> God damn it. You land Do you mind here? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to kill myself. The guy who can't kill himself, yeah. <laughs> he takes a sign. I pill that's a dud. <laughs> <laughs> it's a breath mint. <laughs> God damn it. Someone comes up and kisses him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, six people had jumped by the time Joseph Strauss died. In 1973, the San Francisco Chronicle and Examiner had countdowns to the 500th jumper. That's gross. 14 people were stopped by the bridge patrol, including a man who was wearing a cardboard sign that said 500. Wow. Wow. That could, well, that's good advertising, though, for him. <laughs> and in the midst of all the commotion, a hippie guy snuck through and he was on acid. And he ended up becoming number 500. Wow. The quote-unquote winner. Yeah. Another winner. <laughs> well, that, that was like the thing about the 60s and acid. Everyone, there was a fear-mongery thing that everyone said, if you do too much of it, you, you'll think you can fly. Yeah, which is crazy. That could be what this guy was thinking. My mom went to UMass, and she said someone jumped off one of the big towers there thinking he could fly in the 60s. That's all. This Everyone has that story. I saw a guy jump because he was on acid. It's yeah. like if you've ever done acid, you just want to crawl into a corner and go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and our link letter's daughter, our link letter who was the MC of Park Your Carcasses Roast. Yes. Fatal Roast. Yeah. His daughter, Diane Linkletter, leaped off the building on acid. Thinking she could fly, they think. Hey, maybe there's something to this. Yeah. Maybe it's not just an old wives' tale. It could be. In 1995, as number 1,000 approached, there was a media frenzy. A local DJ even offered a case of Snapple to the family of the eventual victim. That's pretty fucked up, man. Yeah. And that Snapple lady shows up. Remember her? <laughs> With all the facts. 100 Snapple! Stuff? Yeah. To calm the tide... The California Highway Patrol stopped the official count at 997. The Bay Area media then stopped reporting jumps unless they were noteworthy. What does that even mean? You're going to have some credits. A celebrity? <laughs> yeah, like someone, someone wearing a clown outfit or something? If it causes a traffic jam? Yeah. Wow. This did nothing to reduce the numbers, however. First talks of a barrier occurred as early as the 1950s. And in 1976, an engineer named Roger Grimes walked to the bridge with a sandwich board advocating for a barrier from jumping. And he said the people were hostile to him. They would throw soda cans at me or yell, jump, Jeez. he said. Who are these people? Yikes. A 1978 study by Dr. Richard Seiden at Berkeley followed up on 515 suicidal people who were prevented from jumping at the Golden Gate Bridge between 1937 and 1971. 94% of them were still alive or died of natural causes. Mm. What does that tell you? Yikes. 
most suicides are impulsive. Yeah. Yeah. There are people that have chronic suicidality um, that are just like, oh, uh, you know, if I'm late to work, I'll just kill myself. Like, it's just always there. Oh, they'll talk about it a lot. I've had jobs where I'm like, you know, I I think I'd rather drive my Toyota Camry into a brick wall than go to this job. Mm -hmm. I've honestly thought of that. Oh, yeah. Certain jobs. And who hasn't joked about it? I mean, it's all the time. Yeah. People who don't even realize they're making suicide jokes. Like, oh, my God, just kill me. Right. I'd rather kill myself than go to that show. Yeah. Yeah. Go to that improv show. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In Culver City. (laughs) Can't blame you there. (laughs) One man who made the jump was in his 30s and lived alone in a bare apartment. A suicide note was found in his desk that read, I'm going to walk the bridge. If one person smiles at me on the way, I will not jump. Well, nobody ended up smiling at him. Oh, shit. But that tells you a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Random acts of kindness to strangers goes a long way. So a reminder out there, deados. Yeah. Just be a little nice to your common people in public. Pay it forward. <laughs> the common people. The common people. <laughs> I, Pay it I, forward. I, I try to do that as much as possible. Just yeah. be like, yeah, just be nice to, you know, especially, you know, working people or having a tough time out there. Yeah. Absolutely. I've been in the most rotten of moods and someone will be like, hey, cool shirt. Yeah. I don't even know what shirt I'm wearing. Yeah, I look down. I'm like, oh, okay. You're not, I always you're not wearing one. <laughs> <laughs> They're being ironic. Yeah, <laughs> and then I'm a little less pissed off. Yeah, yeah. One person jumps every 15 days. Wow. And as I mentioned, you know, it most popular suicide location in the United States, second in the world, second to China, just like Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. And about this four-foot railing, kids could crawl over that. Oh, absolutely. People lean on it. To a suicidal person, it's as easy as them having a loaded gun in their nightstand, Mm -hmm. ready to go. If you make that fall, there's no way you're surviving that. Whoa. There's people that have survived. What? Yeah, and and that's coming up. Oh, my God. Little teaser. What a tease. Yeah. All over the internet books, it would list the Golden Gate Bridge as the go-to place if you want to get it done, clean and fast, and with a 98% success rate, for lack of a better word. Yeah. So that that 2% is what I really want to talk about. Yeah. (laughs) So what happens when people jump from this bridge? They are falling from about 220 feet up. Okay. 25 stories. Takes about four, four and a half seconds. The body hits the water at 75 miles per hour with a force of 15,000 pounds per square inch. 85% of people who jumped suffered broken ribs, which would rip inward and tear the spleen, lungs, and heart. And those who would be lucky enough to survive the initial impact don't last long after that either plunging so deeply into the water that they drown or by freezing to death. Yeah. Because those are Damn. rough, cold waters, and it's the ocean. Yeah. yeah. It's choppy down there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you could survive the impact and then like have all those internal injuries. You break your arms and your legs, and you can't swim. Yeah. So then you're just a floating body in the water. You're done. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, you're 
it relatively quickly. It's a horrible way to go. If you survive the hit of the water, it's like, you know, hitting concrete. Yeah. Because a lot of people think, oh, isn't it just like jumping in the water? Well, water's soft. Yeah. yeah. Don't you survive? <laughs> yeah. It's like jumping in a pool. Yeah. She's in the pool. Yeah. My dad said <laughs> when 9-11 happened, he's like, why the fuck didn't they go just to the top floor? And just he's like, I would have held on to that antenna the whole way down. <laughs> What? I was like, are you insane? Yeah. Yeah. Just fucking woo. Like Dr. Strangelove. (laughs) If only people had thought of that. Yeah, no shit. Just ride like a surfboard down it. (laughs) Yeah, he literally thought if you held on to the antenna, you would have survived. Your dad's like, yeah, this guy, Steve Ren is easy, told me about that. That's how he survived. He was on my basketball team. (laughs) With the Cantor guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lost a lot of good ones. Cantor Fitzgerald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. That's what's up, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So before real talk of the barriers, here was the system for preventing jumping. Security cameras. 13 telephones that go to the control tower, anti-suicide signs with phone numbers, Okay, and random patrolmen. Wow. And through this system, the non-physical barrier saved about 80 people per year and missed then about 24 to 30. Wow. One girl, Mary Curry, the bridge's spokesperson at one time, went on foot patrol once and saw a man jump. She said she had nightmares afterwards, and it haunted her. Could she have done more? Would a barrier have stopped him? Hmm. And because she works for the bridge, she basically decided that they were going to do it anyway. They were going to find another way to do it, if not the bridge. Right. Because that's how she can sleep at night. So at the end of the day, that was the rationale for not really Mm -hmm. doing that much about it, is that they're going to go somewhere else to jump. Which we know is bullshit. Yeah. Because 80% of suicides are impulsive. Yeah, and if they walk all the way down that bridge or they park their car, that's what I'm wondering, too. Like, how many cars are just left there? You're, like, running, and then people just jump right off the bridge. A ton of rental cars are found in the parking lot. So people just want to go to that spot. Like, Mm -hmm. maybe they even take the plane to San Francisco Airport and just kind of rent a car that they know they don't care how much it is because it's not coming back. Oh, I'm sure. Or a taxi, Uber. Stop here, please. (laughs) (laughs) Just right up here. It'll be good. Yeah. There was a Howard Stern episode where a guy uh, pulled over and was about to jump. Brooklyn Uh, Bridge? uh, Yeah. yeah, And Howard talked him off? Yeah. They had people there, like, talk him off. Yeah. In 1994. Yeah. Really? That was a big thing. Yeah. Apparently, it was real. Yeah. And it all happened live on the air. Crazy. Happy ending there. Yeah. yeah. Which not, again, not like the Artie situation. <laughs> well, Artie lives, so. Yeah. He, he continues to live. Yeah. He does. As Gilbert and Norm and Bob Saget have That's all That's true. Yeah. All, all, everyone else in that universe is yeah. gone. Artie's nose died so he could live. Ah. <laughs> Talk about a nose dive. Hello. <laughs> what was I going to say, though, about. Oh. The Howard Stern situation also goes to show you what I was just saying, that a lot of people, if you can just talk to them, they won't actually do it. Yeah. Yeah. And look how many people admitted that they just wanted one person to be nice to them on the way. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, we're so busy, you hardly even smile at people. These are just socially isolated people that just no one really in public just wants to deal with. 
it, it gets to that point sometimes, even yeah. if they have good friends. Yeah. Some notable jumpers. Dwayne Garrett in 1995, he was a Democratic fundraiser and friend of Al Gore's. That's an inconvenient truth right there. <laughs> Oof. Another number added to the Clinton body count. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Never know. And there's some really disturbing ones. In the 1930s, a father instructed his five-year-old daughter to jump. What? And then he proceeded to jump. Jesus. And in the car, they oh found a note that said, me and my daughter have committed suicide. I mean, that's pretty much murder on his end. Obviously. Yeah. It is murder. <laughs> well, so like parents like that are just kind of selfish where they just they want everyone to go with them. You know, mm-hmm. that's why you Jesus. see like some some crazy dad kills the entire family and then himself because yeah. he really just want to kill himself. Right. But he's like, this family uh, could not go on without me. Yeah. And the people who commit suicide by like taking their car and driving it head on into someone else. Ah, I hate that. And shit. they fucking end up killing the other person. It's yeah. like, you fucking coward. Dude, just yeah. drive off another Drive off the Golden State Bridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that person I don't care about because I just yeah. rather they didn't take out other innocent civilians. Yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. And in that note, you may have noticed he used the term commit suicide. Yeah. I have learned that that is an offensive term and you should say die by suicide. Yeah. Mac brought this up. Yes. To us. Yep. And Friend he made a very. Mac, shout out. Very eloquently said that it sounds like a person's committing a crime if yeah. they kill themselves. Well, it's technically illegal. It's, it is a crime in America. It is illegal to commit suicide. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah, a, it's I, a crime. There's it's a the problematic. O- <laughs> it's, it's the only unprosecutable crime. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's one of those crimes that, like, um, they put it on the books for a reason for maybe insurance purposes or something like that because mm. it has to be deemed. Yeah. Uh, not lawful for right. some reason. Yeah, but in other European countries, you know, like you're, you're allowed to commit suicide if you want to. Yeah, and I also think it's because the stigma is just so bad for suicide. People are angry, mm-hmm. of course. But I I understand saying die by suicide now because it's a mental health issue. Yeah, yeah. I think it's looked at differently now. I think growing up, even as like uh, in the Catholic Church, it's like very frowned upon. Yeah. yeah, they would lie that people didn't kill themselves when they did. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I, it, was it was so shameful. shameful. I have family yeah. members that I recently found out like stuff like that. Like friends of the family, I'll say, not family yeah. members. Friends of the family. They they like you know how my uncle really died. You know stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. It's tragic. Yeah. In 1985, Ken Baldwin, then 28 years old, said he wanted to disappear. He told his wife not to expect him until late. And he had heard that the water just sweeps you under. He counted to 10 twice, then hurled himself over, flying over the cord. By the way, the cord is the name of the platform right under the rail. Yeah. And a lot of people jump from that point. Okay. So it's not just a like a, a, you jump right off like the, the side there. It's just there's another yeah, little it's like platform. Yeah, the walkway, fence. The cord, the platform mm-hmm. on after, yeah. yeah. But people have jumped skipping the cord. You yeah. can do it. Oh, yeah. And other people have miscalculated and landed on the ground, land. Wow. Because it looks like they're further out than they think. Yeah. Yeah. Which I imagine is a quicker death than the water. Yeah. All right. So uh, back to Ken Baldwin. He counted to 10 twice, then hurled himself over, flying over the cord. 
quote, I instantly realized that everything in my life that I thought was unfixable was totally fixable, except for having just jumped. Mm. He survived. Really? Yeah. So there's one of there's the two percent. That's a two percent right yeah. there. That's wow. crazy. Made a full recovery. Wait, so how, what were the mechanics of how that worked? You have to land feet first at an angle. That's the only survivable position. So like an angle like this? So like feet? Like your butt. These are your feet. Your butt over the water, feet first at yeah. an angle, almost like a, you're sitting on a and chair. Like, like you're going down a water slide yeah, or something like this? Yeah, probably protect yourself a bit, covering your chest and yeah. head. So you just kind of inject yourself into the water at that angle and you're, you're just going to be Fine. He didn't no. break. He didn't break anything. Yeah. No. You're not going to be fine. Okay. You're going to have a lot of recovery. Yeah. Uh, okay. And the next guy, we'll get into that. His name is Kevin Hines. Okay. He was 19 years old at the time in the year 2000. Yeah. In the year 2000. In the year 2000. When he was young, he was thrown into foster care where his brother died. But then he was adopted into a loving home at age four. But he had inherited bipolar disorder through his genetics. Ooh, that comes in your 20s. You start getting that bipolar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A little earlier for him. He was a star wrestler at his high school, then quit and withdrew. At a school assembly, he froze in front of the entire class. Oh, my God. What he thought was going to be his last meal consisted of starbursts and Skittles. And so in September 2000, he went to the Golden Gate Bridge after telling his dad that everything was fine that morning because his dad was trying to convince him to come to work with him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's at the bridge sobbing and pacing back and forth. He said that he just wanted one person to ask how he was doing, mm. and then he wasn't going to jump. He didn't get that. So a German tourist comes up to him and says, excuse me, can you please take a photo of me? And he did. Wow. But then she didn't even notice that he was in pain. Well, it's hard to know when, when you have different nationalities, you know, what's going on within a person when you don't speak the same language. Right. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Like, if I saw a German guy on the side of the road and he was like, you know. Crying. That, it, <laughs> either crying or he was the happiest person in the world, I wouldn't know the difference. Yeah. It's hard to know. Still got some of that World War II baggage. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> maybe subconsciously, yeah. He later said that it was an interesting juxtaposition that she was there to celebrate life. Yeah. While he was trying to end his. Yeah. And he couldn't see that at the time. Mm. In, in some ways, she's inviting him in. Like, hey, we're doing this together. Isn't yeah. this fun? Yeah. So he decided that nobody cared. And after jumping, he instantly regretted it. Landed feet first at an angle and was, you know, broken ribs, collapsed lung, the whole deal. But he survived. Lengthy recovery, made a full recovery. But who's there to like fish him out? To, to, the German lady was like, you know, that's mine, just jump. No, she didn't notice. Oh, Wasn't really? it a surfer that got him? No, eventually the Coast Guard got oh, okay, him. Yeah. But people witnessed it. Oh, and okay. he felt something below him and thought it was a shark. And some witness actually told him later on that it was a seal. Oh, wow. A sea lion. And he thinks that God sent the sea lion to save him. Wow. That'd be that sounds like a Pixar movie or something. <laughs> <laughs> the sea lion takes him under and saves his life. Yeah, instead of up, it's down. <laughs> Get down. <laughs> it's kind of a sad kids movie. He takes him to his underground lair or something. <laughs> That's when things get dark down there. <laughs> Kevin Hines has since become 
an advocate for suicide prevention and a motivational speaker. Yes. Wrote a book called Cracked But Not Broken. And in 2018, made a movie called Suicide, The Ripple Effect, citing that there's a good ripple effect and a bad ripple effect huh. in the sense that you can spread the positivity and that's a good ripple effect. Yeah. Learning from our past and creating a better future. Obviously, the bad ripple effect is that so many people are affected when someone kills themselves. Yeah. So you got to think about these things. Yeah. Well, much like the 9-11 jumpers who were forced to jump from Windows on the World and other spots in the yeah. Twin Towers as they were burning down, yeah. that was a shocking revelation. Nobody really heard about these jumpers for a little while, right? Yeah. Because of the shame. And so this writer named Tad Friend was fascinated by that. And then also fascinated by this iconic landmark being such a haven yeah. for suicidal people. So he wrote an article called Jumpers, which was published in The New Yorker in 2003. And he has a curious quote in this article. Almost everyone in the Bay Area knows someone who has jumped. And it is perhaps not surprising that the most common fear among San Franciscans is jeffrophobia. The fear of crossing bridges. Wow. What, what's that called again? <laughs> G-E-P-H-Y-R-O-phobia. That's a real thing. Did I say it right? Jeffro tall, whatever. Jephirophobia. If it's a real thing. Jephirophobia. Yeah, that sounds about right. So I ran this by my friend Ben, who lives in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. The part about everybody knows someone who has jumped. Yeah. He's like... I don't know anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 30 people a year is not going to constitute everybody being connected to them. Yeah, that's true. That's that's not enough. Yeah. No. But a very interesting article and outlines some of the things that I just told you about. Yeah. Inspired by the article, the rock band Sleater Kinney wrote a song called Jumpers, and it's a hopeful song. Oh, Jeez. okay. Well, because I remember... Uh, I they did that song, but I also remember um, Third Eye Blind did a jumper song. I yep. wish you would step, step away, from ledge, my friend. friend. Not not ledge, mm -hmm. but what do they call it there? The uh, isn't it ledge? No, but it's oh, the chord. chord. The chord. Yeah, <laughs> they should have said chord. <laughs> yeah, because they're a San Francisco band too. Are they? Yeah. Oh, that's probably why they wrote that song. It could have been. Do what crystal method lift you up until you break. That well, that's a different song. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're just doing the whole catalog. Same band, yeah. yeah. Chicken to China, the Chinese chicken. chicken. Different band, but also Di same friend. Yeah, same era, though, 1998. Yeah. Okay. Mr. Jones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Back to the dreads. Yeah. So white guy dreads. Somebody once told me the <laughs> world is gonna roll me. Shrek. Shrek, too. Shrek. And Mystery Men. Yes, yeah. Mystery Men first. Mystery Men first, yeah. I heard that it was a placeholder in the editing studio for Shrek, but then they all loved it, so they left it in. Nice. Oh, wow. All right, back to our topic at hand. Okay, sorry, let's get back. This to brings us to the main course, the reason I decided to do this episode. Okay. A movie, a documentary called The Bridge. Eric Steele was also inspired by this New Yorker article. He bought $100,000 worth of camera equipment and flew to San Francisco. He said, quote, I tried to make a film that was very sensitive, very honest, that took something that happened in broad daylight at a national monument. 
people were walking out onto the Golden Gate Bridge with great regularity in front of strangers, in front of tourists, and ending their own life. What I wanted to do is show that to people. End quote. He lied on his permit application to the Golden Gate National Recreation Area, stating that his purpose was to capture the powerful, spectacular intersection of monument and nature that takes place every day at the Golden Gate Bridge. So he went under the radar with the officials from the Golden Gate Bridge Committee and the public because he wanted to avoid suicidal people who would wish to be immortalized on film. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a rotating crew of about 10 people. They would start shooting at dawn and end at dusk. And they did this every single day in the year 2004. Wow. 10,000 hours. Malcolm Gladwell would be proud. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's like a boyhood type of project, though. Like, it's like not not 13 years like boyhood was, but like something similar. Right. Similar in scope or plan. 23 of the 24 jumpers that year were captured on camera. But, like, did it lead to less jumpers? Yes, it did. It had to have. As soon as the crew saw signs, which include the untying of shoes, setting the wallet down, someone's foot on the rail, when they saw these signs, they immediately alerted the bridge patrol. Mm. And they claimed that six people were saved that way, including one woman on camera, dramatically saved on camera in the movie. Yeah, I got to watch this movie. So Eric Steele says they were humans first, filmmakers second. Yeah, I always notice that in a documentary where they're like, look at these people getting beat up and killed. I'm like, what are you doing behind the camera? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the age old question about a documentarian. Yeah. Yeah. They're there to document the world. Yeah. Which, but they're not there to intervene necessarily. We went really hard on Mr. Butler, who filmed the station nightclub as it was burning. Yeah. And we went in on him. And I sense have changed my opinion on it where it's Did like, I go in on him? Oh, we all did. Yeah. Because I think it's a great piece of media that's valuable. I yeah, probably exactly. said a similar critique. Oh, we were going in. <laughs> as I'm doing now. But like... Yeah, he, we had a recent commenter that was like, what do you want him to do? Put down the camera? He's like, look at all the other people that are in the parking lot not doing shit. Yeah. Like, he's documenting it's it. It's not like he was clogging the entire entrance or anything with the camera. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, it's right. just yeah. hard to know the exact scenario when you have some of the survivors claiming he was blocking. Yeah. yeah. What do you say to that person? Right. I don't know. Yeah. But it is a very educational piece of footage. Sure. Yeah, that was the commenter on our YouTube's point was that that video has done more for safety than anything he could have done that night. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I agree with that. And so while they're filming, you know, there'd be a big splash when someone jumped, but then in a matter of minutes, the water would settle and there'd be the same tourists on the bridge passing by business as usual. That's insane to me how quick like the turnover is. People just forget about it. Oh, yeah. I've been on that bridge. You wouldn't even it would be like a pin drop. Like you wouldn't even really see the person hitting the water. Right. It'd just be like, boink. That's it. So, yeah, we just talked about the ethics of intervention. Obviously, they said that they saved lives when they could, but that you couldn't always tell. One guy was laughing on his cell phone, and a second later, he jumped. Oof. You wouldn't be able to it's like tell. Like a joker or something. Yeah. Oof. 
and that some bystanders would walk past these anguished people without giving a second look. Yeah. yeah. There was just a guy recently um, in uh, Berkeley on the campus of Berkeley. He lit himself. He self emulated himself. I he saw lit himself that. on fire. That was crazy. And the, the, there was people filming, but there was also people put, slapping try, him, slapping him, trying to put him out and stuff. And it, like he didn't want to be put out. It was crazy. People wow. were screaming, "Get on the ground! Get on the ground!" Yeah, and wow. he's just walking. It was. Yeah. It, oh, that it was, was tough to insane. watch. I don't. I'm like, I watched it against my will, basically. Yeah. I didn't. It was on TikTok. I'm like, TikTok is bad. TikTok, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was. oh yeah. Jeez, you're watching someone lip sync the Macarena one yeah. minute, and then, yeah. then you're watching yeah. someone burning themselves. Yeah. yeah. All right, so they completed the project, and there was a bunch of controversy once word got out. It kicked open the debate immediately after filming wrapped about whether there should be a barrier and just how bad the problem had gotten. Yeah. Officials from the Golden Gate National Recreation Area said Eric Steele misrepresented his project, yeah. which we know why he did, because he didn't want word to get out. Yeah. Quote, this is like a newspaper carrying a front page photo of someone blowing his head up. It's irresponsible, exploitative, voyeuristic, ghastly, and immoral, said Mark Chaffee, president of the Suicide Prevention Advocacy Network in California. Yeah. And yet, one of those one of those organizations has way too long of a title. Yeah. Yeah. They're all way Without too long. Without an acronym, they just like this. <laughs> I'm getting more gray hair just reading I know, these yeah. names. <laughs> um, of course, that man had not seen the movie yet. A yeah. lot of the outrage was before they had seen the movie. The Bridge premiered in April 2006 at the Tribeca Film Festival. You know, De Niro's. It's a pretty good festival. <laughs> pretty good bridge. Nice. Pretty good bridge, yeah. Would you milk me, Bridge? <laughs> Would you milk me? I got nipples. It's like, De Niro, uh, this is a serious movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why, why are you making jokes? Why are you riffing at the top of this uh, suicide movie, De Niro? Um, executive director of the San Francisco <laughs> Suicide Prevention, whatever. Man, they just got to, they have so many titles <laughs> and so many, like, Man, Lent. just love wasting people's time with all Lent that. Lent their support to the project. And meanwhile, the medical director of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. It's like a who's on first, but with all these like titles. I'm the executive assistant of the executive of, yeah. of the United Suicide uh, Workers of, you know, <laughs> formerly known as, you yeah. know, it's just like, <laughs> come that, on. That person worried about copycats. Which there really weren't any. Are we talking about the Sigourney Weaver movie? <laughs> yeah, with Dermot Maroney. <laughs> yeah, in a Harry Connick Jr. for some reason. Right, and he yeah. was pretty scary in that. He was. He's a bad guy. I yeah. still have nightmares from yeah, that. Yeah, no piano in sight. <laughs> that and the Harry Met Sally soundtrack. Yes. Give me the chills, you know what I mean? Yeah, big chill. Um, th there was possibly a copycat named Kyle Gamboa in 2013. He was a high school kid that yelled Yahoo before leaping off the bridge. Jeez. And in his browsing history, they found that he had been watching a lot of Golden Gate Bridge videos, including the trailer for the movie The Bridge repeatedly. Yikes. But I do say that he was watching a bunch of stuff, so you can't blame The Bridge for that, the movie. Yeah. You can blame the real bridge. Okay. So, yeah, anyway, the project has been called Voyeuristic and Morbid 
but also a powerful and unflinching look at suicide. Eric Steele said, on any other two-mile stretch, this many deaths would be dealt with, which is a good point. And another reason why it wasn't dealt with sooner is because it is water that's below. Yeah. If it was pavement, they'd have to clean up the bodies. Yeah. That's true. This can literally be washed away. It, it just goes right out to sea. Yeah, under the bridge. Yeah. Uh, red Hot Chili Peppers. Yes. John Frusciante. <laughs> no, 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 no. John who? Let's yeah. just... <laughs> there was a study at Temple University where 180 medical students watched the bridge as part of a neuroscience curriculum on understanding suicide. And the conclusion is that the students consistently reported they found watching the movie to be valuable. Oh. The New York Times said, quote, it's an eerie and indelible documentary about suicide, juxtaposes transcendent beauty and personal tragedy as starkly as any film. Baltimore Sun said, quote, the most picturesque snuff film ever made. So they, they didn't care for it. No. no. But to that I say... <laughs> That's a negative review. I a think. snuff film is actually when someone commits homicide yeah. on camera for profit. Yeah. And there's really no record of that yet. Yeah. Think about it. For profit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That won't hold up in court. The <laughs> LA Times said, quote, The criticism is misplaced. It's a meditation on the nature of suicide, an attempt to understand the inexplicable. So the bridge was ultimately distributed by IFC Films in fall of 2006, and it was a box office success. Worldwide gross of about $206,000 against a $25,000 budget. So we have a clip here. This is near the beginning of the movie. It was one of those epic days in San Francisco, driving across the Golden Gate Bridge. It was crystal clear, the bay was calm. On that particular day, I looked over, I was probably a little bit more than mid-span when I saw this gentleman on the railings. And then he just kind of held his arms out and disappeared. And I thought to myself, wow, I might be one of the last people that have ever seen this person alive. When I went into the, high, the tower and I talked to the highway patrolman, you know, I asked him blatantly, I said, is this a rare occurrence or does this happen often? And he looked at me and, and kind of smiled and just said, it happens all the time. Yeah. Man, crazy. So that's powerful. Yeah. So some of the people featured in the movie, for better or worse, Philip Manicow died January 16th, 2004. He was disillusioned with life after two failed relationships. He took out the recycling as normal at home before driving to the bridge. And before he jumped, he told a stranger, it's a long way down. And they didn't know what he was talking about. They thought he meant like walking across the walkway like yeah like surviving david page died april 28th he felt like a failure he was given meds by his friend but then those gave him trouble sleeping and the friend felt guilty and he decided to jump in order to redeem himself 
magical thinking. People yeah. think that there's some kind of redemption in finally doing it. Yeah. Which is totally ludicrous. There was Bernard Blackburn died September 16th. He was a teacher and researcher. This is interesting. Authorities found that New Yorker article in his bag after he jumped. Wow. Man. Lisa Smith died April 11th. She was addicted to pills, lived in a halfway house, lost most of her teeth, which her family thinks contributed to her wanting to die. And she jumped in front of some witnesses. And we have a second clip here from the movie. And the clip starts with the mom and sister talking about her and then the witnesses. Okay. After she had been eaten, they said she was very quiet. When she was eating, she got up and took her purse and her jacket and off she went. And that's the last they saw her. We were taking pictures of each other and we were walking on... Uh, and we saw that lady. This lady just put the... The bag on the ground, and she jumped off. When I said, she jumped, she jumped, and I was like... And, and she and she told my brother to go call the cops. Well, Pablo went running down to get some help because I want somebody to help her because for us it was the first time to see somebody jump off the bridge. And before she jumped, she looked at me and Vidal and she was laughing. She laughed like a smile, like, you don't know what I'm going to do, but she smiled and jumped. And like, I, like, like she, 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 she was acting like, like a gorilla or something. Ay, Sebastian. No, that's not. <laughs> he, he likes to make things up. I like how the kid kept interjecting. Like yeah. he's like, let's get to the point. <laughs> that lady jumped and yeah. while the mom's trying to tiptoe yeah, yeah. around the subject. Then he brings up the gorilla thing. But that's scary thinking of a five year old processing that. Oh yeah. Seeing that Crazy. sight. Yeah. And then finally, I would say the star of the movie is a man named Gene Sprague. He was born an old man. And, like Benjamin Button? Yeah, a curmudgeon. Yeah. And he would talk about suicide all the time. If asked a question like, did you get a job? Or what do you want for breakfast? He would say, I don't know, just kill me. His mom told him that she didn't invest a lifetime in him for him to just kill himself. But unfortunately, she died of cancer without putting up much of a fight when he was very young. Gene was always looking for love in all the wrong places, as they say. Some close friends, but battled depression every single day. Yeah. Uh, he was staying with his friends, Jen and Matt. And she says that on the day he died, she noticed there was an answering machine message from a store like GameStop. They wanted to interview him for a manager position because he had been desperately looking for a job. Yeah. And she wonders if he heard that message or not. That would have changed things. I actually came across a bunch of live journal entries, like blog posts that he had written in 2003 and early 2004. And they are very disturbing. He gives every detail of his life. Mm -hmm. And in one of them, he says, quote, perhaps I am blind and do not see the beauty that is in the world. All I can see is shit, piles of it for miles and miles. Damn. I look behind me and see a steady, unending stream of failures, one after another. Mm. 
So he was really desperate for money and was feeling alone. He had about 15 bucks to his name. Jeez. An older friend who was also a friend of his mom's named Caroline. In this movie, she's empathetic and philosophical. And she says that she told him that when he finally decided to do it, to please say goodbye. Another friend, Matt, says he couldn't have lasted much longer. And he was the last person to speak with Gene. So Matt says he was leaving for work and gave him five bucks so he could get a pack of smokes and go grab a paper. Uh And that's when Gene disappeared. On May 11th, 2004, was a beautiful sunny day. To onlookers, Gene seemed like he was enjoying himself on the bridge, you know, by the outward appearance. Yeah. Because he's wearing a leather jacket. He was a rocker type. Yeah. It looks like he's taking in the views of the city and the ocean. And he paced back and forth for 93 minutes and then decided it was time. Yeah. And here's the last clip from the movie. His friend Caroline talks about it. I don't know why people kill themselves. And yet, it's a small step to empathize, to say, uh, because I think we all experience moments of despair, that um, it would just be so much easier not to do this anymore. But for most of us, the sun comes out, and then, oh well, tomorrow is another day. Why he chose the bridge, I don't know. Maybe there's a certain amount of release from pain by pain. Maybe he just wanted to fly one time. That's haunting. Jeez. Oh my God. So for those just listening gene has his arms outstretched and leaps off the bridge backwards yeah and falls right plops right in the water yeah so that is eerie yeah sad by all accounts a really decent guy yeah his friend said that seeing his death on film brought closure because there was no funeral Mm. and in fact all the loved ones and witnesses in the movie weren't told beforehand that there was footage of the person's death Mm. that came afterwards. All right. So, oh, and actually I have a clip from of all people, Dr. Phil. Oh no. This shows the reaction. So as you can tell, seeing these clips, it's a sensitive movie. Yeah. And some people were still upset about it. It's shocking. It's disturbing. A close look at a controversial film. Some have said that y'all actually allowed people to die. No, that's not true. We see him jump to his death. A movie director under fire. It's been said that it could be the most morally loathsome film ever made. The photographer <laughs> got involved Bum in the fight? rescue. On I know, team. like, what is he talking about? Dr. Phil's always trying to stir up something. He's like, you're encroaching on my territory, yeah, boy. Yeah. I'm Back here to off. exploit people that are in crisis. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, my dope. job. 
Fuck Dr. Phil. Oh, my God. He sucks. I'm, and next week, Bam Margera is coming yeah. around. <laughs> and then parade he, him around. Yeah. And talks to Shelly Duvall when she's obviously yeah, unwell. Yeah. Incapacitated. And then, yeah, it's like, okay, great. We see she's unwell now. Yeah. But, yeah. Next week, we got on that, uh, the girls coming back, the the Catch Me Outside girls. Yeah. Catch Me Outside. You know, yeah. <laughs> How about that? How about that? <laughs> so, yeah. But most people, once seeing the film, different opinion, yeah. obviously. That brings us to the current state of things. The net, as they say. Not the Sandra Bullock movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> the safety net. I was thinking of Dennis Miller. Hey, babe. Uh, are we talking about the net, my movie? <laughs> More than 40,000 <laughs> people. You know, his character in yeah, that yeah, yeah. is so ridiculous. Yeah, he's a weirdo. Okay, so more than 40,000 people die by suicide in the United States every year. By comparison, about 18,000 people in this country are murdered annually. So it's a much higher suicide rate. Way yeah. higher. Death by death of despair, they call them. Yeah. And Golden Gate Bridge, approximately 15 to 30 deaths per year. And that number did not get better or worse after the release of the bridge yeah. the movie. But there was a lot more awareness. Men have outnumbered women almost three to one. The average age of victims that jump from the bridge is 42. So it's a younger demographic. Mm. Yeah, the advertisers would love. <laughs> okay, never it's a mind. key demo, yeah. That's All right. Uh, <laughs> the, the survival rate has risen from 2% to 3%. Wow. Incrementally going up. Around 35 people have actually survived the jump, with only five being able to walk and talk normally. Wow. Despite the common belief that people come from all over the world to jump from the Golden Gate Bridge, 85% of jumpers live within an hour's drive of the bridge. Less than 8% are from out of state or abroad. The Marin County Coroner's Office is responsible for handling the deaths. Because most of the jumps occur near Marin County, yeah. their territory. Well, yeah, and the Coast Guard station is in Marin County, and they're the ones that have to... They handle it, yeah. They retrieve the... I was looking for the word retrieve. Yeah. I was going to say fish out oh, the bodies, but that didn't sound nice. <laughs> sounds very bad. But, but think of the Coast Guard alone. Think of all the people that have to deal with these situations. Yeah, it's brutal. Because I read that about 115 people on average are affected with one person dying by suicide. Wow. 115 people. Yeah. And the Coast Guard, they have to deal with it. They have nightmares. I bet. Oh, I'm sure it's highly traumatic. It's awful. Yeah. The nonprofit Bridge Rail Foundation, made up of psychiatrists and families of bridge jumpers, had been pushing officials to create the barrier for years. Harvard University and UC Berkeley, among other studies, found that nine out of 10 people who attempt suicide and survive will not go on to die by suicide at a later date. Mm. That's. It's huge. That, yeah. Striking, yeah. You gotta pay attention. To and that. the biggest argument against the barrier, cost and aesthetics. There's still some assholes that are like, but the bridge is so beautiful, it's gonna ruin yeah. its yeah. aesthetic. They're conservationists that they just want to keep yeah, keep things the way they were. Yeah, conserve the bridge, not lives. Yeah, exactly. I like the bridge. I don't like these people. Yeah. Not even Joseph Strauss, who constructed the bridge, yeah. cared that much about it. These Jeez. are what they call NIMBYs, not in my backyard people. Ah. Yeah, those 
effing nimbies. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Excuse my French. <laughs> we're, we're declaring war here. In 2014, Bay Area officials finally approved a $76 million package to fund the safety net. Wow. Officials decided that it should be a stainless steel mesh net because it would be most cost effective and less aesthetically disruptive. And so it's a 20 foot wide net and it's going to be on both sides of the bridge. Work began in 2018 and was supposed to be wrapped up in 2021. But the project has been repeatedly delayed, and the cost has ballooned to nearly $400 million Yeesh. now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Suicide. Well, that, that's everything that you make in California these days. It's like the astronomical <laughs> cost, and it never gets done. And it all goes to the contractors. Yeah. The, sc- <laughs> and the yeah. politicians. Bastards. <laughs> Suicide prevention advocates say they are frustrated by the delays because they are costing lives. 25 people jumped to their deaths in 2021. 25. Wow. After all this talking and setting up of the barrier and awareness, it's still happening. Yeah. And this is really going to cut into that. I mean, because now if someone jumps when this is complete... It's going to be painful, yeah. but they're not going to be dead. Right. Currently, the net project is about 75% completed, and it's expected to be fully completed by the end of the year 2023. Well, that's good. This current year. Well, we'll do an update on it maybe later. And here's a little video I shot when I was at the bridge recently. Oh, yeah. You were there last week. I was. And it still looked beautiful with the safety barrier. Oh, wow. Yeah, there it is. That's the net. That's yeah. the net. So people can't get... You got to be a good jumper to mm-hmm. get beyond that net. Yeah, you got to be good at track and field. Yeah. <laughs> if you're doing that, you're probably not the people that are going to... You like my this. avant-garde close-up here? I do. That's uh, Chiara Obscura there. I call this clip The Bridge Part 2. Part 2. <laughs> nice. Electric Boogaloo. Nice. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> We're dusting off the old jokes this I episode. I know, you yeah. gotta do it. You gotta bring them back. And I have one more clip. This is Kevin Hines, who I told you about earlier, one yes. of the few to survive. He is prominently featured in the Bridge documentary. Yep. And in his own documentary called The Ripple Effect, he talks with Eric Steele, director of the Bridge. So Eric Steele ends up calling me and... Uh, saying, I'd really like you to consider being in this film, The Bridge. The bridge that would become the catalyst to raising the net at the Golden Gate Bridge. The bridge that would become the catalyst to my dad founding the Bridgewell Foundation to do just that. And the bridge that would make the movement in suicide prevention change from, from I mean, really from, from doctors and clinicians to lived experience. Hey, brother. Good to see you. So he obviously, in big the application, fan I said of I was the movie. filming a year in the life of the Golden Gate Bridge that we were going to be filming every day. And these people are all behind every day for an entire year that is going to be put together in a time-lapse form. But it wouldn't take much logic for the people who were reviewing this to say, okay, great, it's beautiful. There's also this little thing happening there every couple of weeks that we don't want anybody to know about. And if someone is there 
filming, they are going to see it. So he's just explaining that there was every opportunity for the Bridge Association to put two and two together of what he was up to when making the documentary. And it just shows how secretive this whole issue is because they couldn't even warn him against it because it was that much a secret swept under the rug, under the bridge, not to be talked about. And yet shocked when he showed the world what was really going on. So, yes, Kevin Hines and a bunch of other people that advocate for the barrier, the safety rail net, they thought the movie was important, opened the dialogue, and that's that. But the purists of the bridge didn't want it touched. Yeah. No. There's always those people. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Final thoughts. All right, Pete, everybody, it's... uh brutal way to go and you know it just it's like the chicken or the egg is it are they gonna do it because of the bridge or are they doing it because the bridge is there and yeah. it's just a method to are make sure it definitely happens yeah. yeah exactly um but i'm for spending the money on it to make sure that uh people can't go out that way and um yeah no judgment, but uh, it's a shitty situation but it, i i think we're better off with the the net and all that yeah be kind Definitely be kind. Yeah. Yeah. And rewind. That's right. Yes. Uh, We have some new comments and reviews here on iTunes. Uh, Dare Gorton uh, said he just found this podcast yesterday while looking for a podcast on actor River Phoenix. Great group of guys who dive deep into the lives of the famous. I've listened to two more. Five stars. Shout out. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And uh, on the Instagram lookalike killer episode, we uh, we got a new fan here, Gustav Brule, uh, pointing out that I kept the uh, Black Eyed Peas streak strong. Talking about them, bringing them up out of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we got him. <laughs> yeah, well, we're bringing them up again and now. In that, we have got the streak strong <laughs> yeah, again. So, course. thank you, Gustav. Where uh, we there's love you. a, <laughs> we do love you. Yeah. yeah. Where there's a will, I am. There's a way. There's yeah. a will, I way. Will I way. <laughs> that should be the, the street that we live on. Yeah. Will I way. <laughs> Uh, yeah, shoot us an email. Let us know what episodes you want to hear in the future. Let us know what you think. Send us a death threat, whatever you want. Death and entertainment at gmail.com. Yeah. And a lot of nice praise for the Corey Haim episode, too. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. Louis, Louis Ski said, We want him. We got, we want Haim and we got him. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you, everybody, for sending comments and, uh, suggestions and all that. Keep on it. Yeah. Find us we'll on, keep on it. That's right. YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. TikTok's blowing up. We got almost 7,000 followers now. Come yeah. on. Don't sleep on us. Get in there. Get in there. Yep. And this was a heavy topic today. Yes. And I would like to remind people of the Logic song that was a hit a few years ago. Yes. 1-800-273-8255. It's not just a hit song. It's also a very real suicide hotline it very much is yeah so if you are having troubling thoughts yeah please call reach it out it is free yes yeah. and we love you by all means until next time though don't go dying on us that's right bye we love later